This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Are you ready for another episode of Us Doing Mediocre? I'm James. <laughs> At every hole is a goal. My name is Keen. Welcome to Sissy That Pod, the RuPaul Drag Race Reaction Podcast on the Heads of Podcast Network. We have a diva in our midst this week. Oh my God. We have the queen diva of the the, the Drag Race UK queendom, I think it is safe to say. We're, we're chatting to Cheryl Hole because she is currently on Celebs on the Farm. It's on MTV at the moment. Uh, it will be finishing on Friday, so it's not too late to watch if you haven't watched it yet. And I would say that it is, it's worth watching. It's enjoyable. I've, I enjoyed it. I have, like, have, I've, I've gone up and down with it. I was kind of like, I had trouble getting into the concept initially. But then when I sort of, I don't know, the vibe it gives, this, like, strong vibe mm. it gives is you're kind of watching a, like, a work team going for, like, an off-site team-building event. And, like, yeah. they're, like, they're kind of doing, like, trust build, trust exercises and sort of, you know, like, team-building things. And, and you know, like, the whole concept is a bit weird, but the personalities, I feel, just make it. And, Joe, it's a different feel. Like, they haven't pitted people against each other. It's sort of a nice yeah. Everyone's really politely laughing and getting on. And that's quite nice. Yeah, that's exactly it. There's no, there's no, like, there's no, like, there's no sort of stakes for in it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's yeah. no kind of, you know, no one's needing to, like, screw another person over to stay on the farm another day. They're all just there, mm. you know, <clears throat> using birth simulations for cows or, like, cleaning out a pond or, you know, building a chicken yeah. coop. And the cast is great, full of, like, reality TV stalwarts, your queen, Carrie Katona. Carrie Katona in it. there, Lady C in there, Duncan James in there, you know, like, got that bit of eye candy from Malik and, um, and Harry, you know, like, you've got it all. So we're going to jump into a chat with Cheryl on this. Now, silly me, I missed recording the first four minutes. So we're actually going to jump into where we left off Mm. uh, before I realised we weren't recording. So we're going to be chatting about Kerry Katona. That's the way it is. So welcome to Sistepod for the first time. The Queen, the High Empress Diva, Cheryl Hole. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us. I know we've just done this, but I forgot to press record. <laughs> so we'll let the listeners in behind the magic. Um, when I interrupt you there, you were talking about being on Slebs on the Farm. James and I have been watching it nightly. It's really, really great. And we, I just asked you, how much of an icon is Kerry Katona in real life? I have to level with you. Kerry Katona is top tier icon. Like She has been through so many hardships in her life. She's been through so so many ups and the downs and what I hate is the British tabloids just love to rag and really bring somebody down but this girl does not let anything phase her and she is in such a good place and to see her and experience this experience with her at her best and her happiest is so great and I just I'm so grateful that the whole world is getting to see mm-hmm. the caricatona that we we love and adore because she just seems like such a free spirit and like even the way she takes like you see it on her her Instagram and everything the way she will like take the piss out of herself and like was it like a, a year or two ago herself and Jordan did this like real funny kind of like Instagram birthday moment together where kind of like they were pretending they were enemies and it's just it's nice to see those women who spent the entirety of their youth being 
not that they're old, but the entirety of their kind of like formative years being like used as like target practice by yeah. the tabloids, just being able to turn around and be like, you know what, we're going to have a bit of a laugh with this. We're just going to enjoy this kind of time. And like y- you see Kerry even on the show kind of taking the piss out of herself, referring to her OnlyFans, kind of how much money. She- it just is so funny to watch. Yeah, it's brilliant. A self-deprecating diva is an absolute diva in my heart because I do the same. Yeah. It's just like you say it first, and then it, you can't phase nothing can phase you. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. what I think because if you if you could say the joke first, then people are like, oh, I don't need to make the joke. So it's like two fingers up at you and saying, I'm not yeah. fussed, I'm not phased, and like she is just so funny and she's so quick as well with everything mm-hmm. that she's got to say. So of the, the people who are on the, the show with you, did you, did you like know any of them beforehand or was it all like new, like all new kind of new first impressions for you? Yeah, so I only knew Duncan. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I had met Dunkey. I call him Dunkey because he's my, he's, he's, <laughs> he's my TV boyfriend. That's what we call each other. Um, we, we met in the summer when we were doing a couple of like outdoor socially distanced gigs because we play by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, we just clicked straight away. And it was just so coincidental that we both got the call for this show and we were texting each other like, are you going to do it? I'm going to do it. Are you going to do it? So I knew going straight into it that I wasn't having to like build new bridges and relationships from the get-go. But like you watch people like Lady C on TV and Holly from Geordie Shore. Like, you know these people, but you don't know them. So it was just so bizarre meeting them. But on day one, the casting team for the show were incredible because they knew the dynamic would work so well and we all just clicked straight away mm-hmm. and there was there was no like real awkwardness like you sometimes you're like so um where did you grow up like there was none of that we <laughs> were just straight in there with the jokes the banter the laughs and everybody was ready to get stuck in like yeah. on shows like celebs on the farm and i'm a celeb there's always one that they cast where they're like Mm. like Jillian Jillian McKeith in about but (laughs) none of us were like that we were just like let's do it even even when Holly was like scared of the animals like I'm not an animal person at all like Mm. I used to be petrified of dogs till the age of about 15 yeah me too yeah (laughs) but I had never been chased in my life it was my brother that got chased at Highlands Park when we were two years old not me The trauma kicked on to me. But like even <laughs> even then I was like, look, let's feed these calves, let's milk these cows, let's do this. Because so you went like, in for a feel of that that ram's balls. You were like, I'm intrigued to see what these feel like. I'm not gonna lie to you. If there's a testicle involved, I'm there. <laughs> on a human, I'm not in speciality. <laughs> Just for clarification. <laughs> you had to like I suppose that you you had the added like the addition of, of doing some of the days there like in drag. I'm assuming just makeup, like you weren't you weren't wearing body and all that as well underneath there. But that yeah, in sometimes itself, when the, you rocked up in the Baywatch, that there was oh well, that's the Baywatch, obviously. But yeah, that additional <laughs> like discomfort, <laughs> <laughs> that additional discomfort on top of like having to do quite physical like quite physically demanding things and the heat that wigs create. 
But that's like it's a whole extra level of pressure. What did you? Why did you? Why did you do, choose to do that when you could have just been Luke? <laughs> here's here's the thing: is they said to me, "Look, we we're happy for you to do moments of the show in drag, but if it works for you to be out of drag most of the time, then that's fine." And I was like. Because obviously you've got to have calls with them beforehand and just make sure you know what's coming down. And obviously I had this extra level because of the drag that I had to prepare for. Um, I bought a load of stuff with me that was like practical farmer drag. And, but I also Did you have a lot of drag. practical farmer drag? <laughs> let me just open my practical farmer drag wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, let me just pull that. Girl, I'm a Stina Mandela. It was from ASOS. <laughs> <laughs> I did next day delivery. I've got Premiere. But... <laughs> I went into the first day like, look, let's just see how it is. Like, I got wigs made beforehand that was everything up off my face so I didn't have to worry about, like, hair, like, dangling around my face during challenges and stuff. So I, I thought about the practicality of it. And then when I got down to it, I was like, actually, it's not that bad. Like, the only hardship was waking up at 5.30 in the morning to <laughs> slap my face on and I couldn't have breakfast. But I normally <laughs> skip breakfast anyway. Yeah. Like, through it. it. Having to do your, your makeup quietly in the corner while Kerry Katona was snoring away in the caravan, of course. Oh, yeah. She'd, she'd wake up and go, what's that bright light? And I'm like, don't go towards the light, Kerry, whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was just my ring light. <laughs> um, yeah, I have to say the first thing I texted James I started watching was like, drag really loses its illusion when it's like in the middle of a field with wellies on you know it just didn't didn't really go <laughs> i tried my best to keep it up i trust <laughs> me anyway there is an episode coming up like i'm not sure when this episode is going to go out but there is an episode coming up where i do all the challenges in high whore drag just oh just get ready for that Oh, exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I loved that the, the death drop got got a few outings as well in the middle of a barn as well, you know. <laughs> just just those those trademark just, Cheryl movements it needed just comes to be in there. Out. Yeah, it exactly. just comes out. <laughs> Duncan Duncan was like, teach me how to do it. I was like, not your age, darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Olympian was Harry is his name? He had a go. He jumped up right after you when you were staying in that room. He's more flexible than I am. And I'm, I should bloody hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, suppose. I did think it was, so we're recording this Tuesday on Monday's episode, Montana got the boot. Um, but she said something at the end, which I thought was really interesting. Like she said that uh, you had taught her a lot about the queer community and what she could be doing better. Do you know what she was referring to? There was a lot of times when we would have downtime, say over lunch or when we were traveling in cars, like when we went to do the milking challenge um, at the the milk factory, we were in the car for an hour to go to there. So we were sat in the car having a conversation and we were talking about the trans community. We we're talking about non-binaries because lots, lots of people hear these conversations happen. They hear the likes of Piers Morgan trashing the community and not shining positivity and the facts. Like, yeah. I had a conversation with Linda Robson and Lady C about how trans men do have periods because they haven't fully transitioned yet. Transitioning takes a very long time. Some people can't even afford to get the testosterone and the tablets and the stuff to help them transition. So, of course, trans men are going to have periods mm -hmm. because 
they haven't had the help and support to transition. And when I leveled with them, because there's no point barking at people because all you'll get back is a bite. You have to be calm. You have to explain and you have to level with them that they can understand. Because I think a lot of people, especially on Loose Women, they don't get the right people on to have these conversations. They get people on to have a debate and rile people up and get people debating instead of having a conversation. So it was, I left this show and my biggest accomplishment was not any of the farming. It was the conversations and the information that I provided to my classmates about the transgender community, about being non-binary, about the struggles that the LGBTQ community faces, because a lot of them only see the surface on the the main media. They don't know the real struggles and what's going on. And that's really important because those people all have platforms like Montana saying that and going back to, to, to the people that she follows. And if she starts to do more work around that coming up to pride and, and being more inclusive around gender identities and explaining kind of what the different gender identities and trans issues are to her followers. That's a whole group of people who wouldn't necessarily get exactly. that information hearing it. Cause you are right. Like shows like loose women or Pierce Morgan, they tend to sensationalize things some, sometimes. So they'll get someone on who is like, and it has an extremely extreme view and then almost there, there's like the person who is sort of arguing against and feels sensible by the fact that and it, it, it gets confused and the waters get muddied. Exactly. People like Monroe that go on these shows and debate. She is so eloquent and mm-hmm. she, she's so articulate with everything that she says, but she gets the message across. Yeah. You need you need we need people like Monroe out there discussing yeah. these things. And this is what I love that she can do that for the transgender community. But a lot of people don't see me as like a voice but I am always any opportunity I can trying my best to shine light and information and whatnot like I do I I love working with people like the Terence Higgins Trust and raising awareness of HIV and where we're at to this day and age because a lot of people like even in my family they don't know where we're at with HIV and how you equals you and stuff like that like now when I have these conversations they understand it and I just want to keep having these conversations yeah. with people people to then pass it on to the next person and pass on to the next person because loose loose women is a great platform but we need people with the right information to go on there. Like the other day, I was watching Dr. Ranch on um, this morning and he did a live HIV testing and showing how easy it was. That was incredible. Yeah. That was, that's what we need to see. And I'm just so grateful in 2021, we're seeing this on television and having conversations and shows like it's a sin yes absolutely showcasing mm. where we've come because i'm not gonna this is me getting very political but there are a lot there are a lot of people in our community that don't even know the struggles that we've had to face to get to here and mm. uh, that kind of level of entitlement i can't i can't deal with because you have to know where we've come to know how lucky we are but the fight is not over you're you're talking 
you were talking like my exact language. I literally just before we recorded this, I was recording an interview with a man in his seventies. I'm doing a podcast around older LGBT people, which is going to be out later in the year. Amazing. And I was chatting to him about that exact issue about the fact that there's almost I think because particularly for cis white gay men or cis white gay men, <clears throat> there's a sense of we've been included now, so like we can focus on like getting the buffest bod possible, having as much sex as we want with the, you know, whatever other people who look just like us. And we can just ignore every other problem and we can pull the ladder up behind us. And you can't do that. You need voices out there. And I think what's really great about say drag race in the last couple of seasons is that there's a real move to use it as a, an educational um, platform. And I suppose like you see on your season uh, when Davina was talking about Margaret Thatcher and then this season with, um, with Bimini and, and Ginny talking about the non-binary status, it just keeps bringing that conversation home to a very broad audience. Oh, 100%. And like, after that episode with Ginny and Bimini, the amount of stories that I was seeing how somebody came out to their parents as non-binary after watching mm. that, because they finally understood who they were. And it was it was the other day, um, I was doing an interview and somebody was talking about DragCon. They said, what was the best story? And it was a mum who came up with their son, their son and she said thank you I was like what? what are you saying thank you for and she said because because of you my son found confidence in his dancing and his side and he went mum I'm like Cheryl yeah and she went and that's why I love you <laughs> and I it just it just warmed my heart because yeah. I don't I don't care about Instagram followers. I don't care how many. Like, cool. So and so's got fifty thousand. So and so's got four hundred thousand. That's brilliant. If I can change one person's life and bring joy to their life and make mm -hmm. them feel comfortable, mm -hmm. my job here is done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And even what you were saying before about you don't even within your family you don't know, it's quite easy to forget, I find. That you're like, oh, well, I know I'm skipping around my daily life knowing that you doesn't equal you. But you sometimes I stop. I'm like, well, actually, does my friend from school know? Maybe I'll bring it up in a conversation. And that's kind of how we can spread stuff, which will get rid of stigma, such like, you know, going around AIDS and stuff like that. So, yeah, it is important. And I, I found myself having that conversation with my parents around the time It's a Sin was out being like the old question, you know, like which which do you think is a more deadly illness hiv or diabetes you know and, and you know they all always go hiv when you're like well actually hiv is very very livable now you know and yeah it really changes the perception that like something that you were saying though is kind of thing being at DragCon, and i suppose you're you don't really care like you, you don't come across as someone who's particularly invested in the number of instagram followers you have or the number of eyes on you but uh, that performance really seems to be something that's important to you how have you gotten on in the last year, more or less, without having the ability to kind of do that, um, like that live performance that you would have been doing so frequently beforehand? Yeah, it was it was such a surreal experience going from being on the road. Like my fiance quit his job and started working with me full time as my touring manager, and we'd be traveling from city to city sleeping in hotels and then just on to the next place and that's that's what you expect post drag race is to be hustling like I'm a hustling diva you want to book me for a bar mitzvah I'm there <laughs> like, <laughs> like anybody that wants me of course I'm gonna be there <laughs> so 
it was very strange. Like I remember coming out stage at DragCon and it's quite funny because there's not normally performances at DragCon, but us UK queens were like, we want to perform. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't care. Yeah. Get us out on the stage. And I walked out and it was just a sea of people and all around the balcony, I was like, there must be 5,000 people watching this right now. Yeah. Surreal. And to go from moments like that to then going, hello, green dot on my laptop. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> like, it was bizarre, but I'm a thrifty diva. I will make any situation work. So I've got yeah. my backdrop up. I've got my, <laughs> we blew, we blew my TV's speaker. Like, we had to buy a new TV because we were playing the music so loud on the TV during my digital shows. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't have a Sonus speaker then. <laughs> we, we were we were playing it through the TV. So, like, my digital show's volume just got quieter and quieter and quieter. People were like, you, you don't love the music. We're like, we can't. We've broken the TV. <laughs> but there was, there was something kind of, like, exciting about performing and not seeing anybody's reactions. So, like, you could just be in your element and free and just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And like, I used to enjoy the encores of the digital shows that you could just be like, well, we've got an extra 20 minutes. Who wants to see another number? Just have <laughs> fun with it. <laughs> like I would always do like a and a in the middle of my shows and each digital show I'd go onto Amazon and buy like a joke costume to do a costume change. Like I came out in like a fried egg uh, when I did the gargoyle one, I came out in a piece of bacon and called it the meat dress. <laughs> like, like, it was just silly things like that. But I don't think people realise how stupid I am. Like, I just love doing silly things, taking the piss and just having fun. You will have also been able to, because of the digital shows, worked then with quite a few of the, like, the queens from different seasons. Like, you did a, um, was it a makeup tutorial with Lemon and... Yes! God damn. Man. Dan, that was it, which was very, very funny. Like, did you know, did you know, do you know an awful lot of the American and the Canadian queens then as well from before you were on Drag Race and Yeah. So I, I used to do a resident gig at at a club night called Glitter Bomb. And we used to do nights in Canterbury, Cambridge, uh, Bucks University, Surrey University. So like I would be the host of all those except for Canterbury because that was on the same night as Cambridge. So Cambridge was my resident night. And we'd have the Rue girls come all the time. So Mm -hmm. I've worked with Alyssa, Alaska, like all of them, basically. Yeah. And um, so I've got, I had relationships and rapport with all these queens pre going on Drag Race. But I had a relationship with Jan, because when I went to New York, I snuck some drag in with me and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> when it did, did a twirl in the club <laughs> but I met Lemon that night and she had just started in drag I think oh, she wow. was like a, a couple months into the game or a year into the game and I was like you're a fierce as diva and it was so funny because when I went to DragCon New York City Jan had obviously filmed season 12 I was there promoting season um one yeah. and Lemon was about to leave to go do Canada. And we're all sitting in this bar looking at each other like, we're like the same generation of drag race seasons. So like, <laughs> it, it was just a bizarre feeling. And like, we're all on the same wavelength. And like, we're just manifesting this 
battle of the seasons uk divas versus U- us divas versus canadian divas <laughs> yeah so imagine yeah. imagine that trio tour like i <laughs> I, I, I just to. felt once I saw you three together, I was like, this is like, you know, it's like those documentaries about siblings who are separated at birth and they find each other. I was like, <laughs> they're like the same spirit and drag from just different parts of the world. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm the fat sister and I've got the two skinny ones. So yeah, that makes sense. We've got drag race coming out of every orifice, orifice at the moment. Absolutely. And it and if any any, I don't know if we can. Swear, I almost swore then. You can swear. If, oh, you can swear. if any fuckers <laughs> complain about how much drag race we've got, just re- remember back like to season eight when we had one, one coming out, <laughs> one a year, ten weeks it- of one season. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Cause, like a few people were complaining last year. I think that there was too much. Haven't heard one person complain this year. And I think that's because no, they're like, no. oh, the lockdown's back big time. I'm delighted. <laughs> I have two episodes of Drag Race a day or a week. Look, <laughs> if you can wake up on a Saturday morning and flick on season 13, I forgot what season it was then. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But, and then and then have UK on a on a Thursday. What more do you want from your evenings? Yeah. Like, this is fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Roll on Australia, roll on Canada, like, come yeah. on! <laughs> so, uh, who, have you been enjoying season two uh, so far? Of course I have. Mm. And do you know why? Because it's so nice to see people I know go through the Thunderdome. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie, drag race is hard. Yeah. And, and you've got all those people like, oh, I would have done this if I was doing this challenge. Come on then, go do it! <laughs> because realistically, it's a whole different game once you're there. Because I, I went into my first season going, oh, I'm going to do really good at this challenge. Oh, I, I think I could win this one. Did I win anything? Did I fuck? Well, <laughs> well, it was great to see you. Fine. Yeah, great to see you win that rosette on the fire. I was like, justice. Oh, what episode one of the farm and i finally win something and it's the shoveling <laughs> shit so i'm gonna i'm gonna scrap in drag and just go take up arguably that rosette is probably worth more than the ruby <laughs> badge anyway so you probably did get an upgrade best best in show <laughs> but no back to back to uh back to season two it has been so great because i think what is so refreshing is just seeing so many different approaches to drag mm-hmm. like on the US season you know you're gonna get this type of queen you know you're gonna get this type of queen and it's like ticking all the boxes of the types of queens that you know will be cast whereas the UK you never know who's bloody gonna get cast and like <laughs> to see to see the diversity in drag like seeing Ginny Lemon seeing Ellie Diamond seeing all of them. Cherry Valentine is one of the most talented queens doing drag I have ever seen. And like, I I want to see so much more from yeah. Cherry Valentine because I, I think she has so much more to show. Astina as well, such a talent. I remember the first time I ever saw Astina, we were doing a gig together and I was literally like, oh my days, like beyond. Like, And also I am never calling myself the Dancing Diva of Essex again after this <laughs> This dancing queen debate on season two. <laughs> People are like, "Are you? Oh, but Cheryl's the dancing queen." I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm not anymore." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, we have, we have Snatch Game coming up, and the GC is on it purely, I imagine, because you did her last year. So, you know, so your your wow. influence can be seen. Your, I mean, your meme of time for another week of me to do mediocre, like that is the meme of the season, right? That's the one yeah. that's lasted into this season. That's you know just another week of me doing Bing Bang Bong. Like that's <laughs> the, the sort of all reigning meme of season one. Oh, do you know what I? Somebody asked me the other day, they were like, did you expect that to be like a thing? I went, do you know what? It wasn't until a week later when everybody was saying it and posting it and whatnot. I was like, I didn't even think that was going to be like a thing. Because <laughs> I think I think where queens go wrong going into Drag Race is they go in like, I'm going to say this and this is going to be huge. I'm like, girl, just have fun. Just let the shit fall out of your mouth and just have a laugh. Like, don't try and force catchphrases. I remember, like, was it Jaden Dior Fierce that said, work that puss, and everybody died. And it was like, was this a catchphrase that never caught on or was never shown? <laughs> like, did she say it every time she was in the workroom and it was just never shown? Like, <laughs> like Silky and her attitude check, you know, where she was like, oh, here's going to be, you know, here's our notable quotable for the series. And then everyone was like, no. It's like cancelled immediately. <laughs> 45 minutes in, attitude check. And then it's just her in the corner just going, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> like, just just let it happen. Just, just, in the words of Elsa, let it, let it go. Yeah. Let it happen. Just do what you... So, like, yeah. And it, it's like me in that wig in episode three, just standing there watching people have critiques and flick that hair. Like... With, with no face on and no eyebrows yeah. on. Did I think that was going to get turned into a meme? No. Yeah. I'm just being me, just walking around in wigs. <laughs> Thinking back, though, I suppose, to when you were getting ready to go, because you were walking into the unknown, as you've already said, like when you went on to season one. Like, how was it getting ready? <sighs> Where do I begin? Um, you, don't, you don't have long to get ready. So realistically, you don't have much time to even think about anything. It's just go from the minute you get the call and it's just it's just such a bizarre feeling knowing that you're going to go on drag race you're going to be stood on a stage in front of Rue and Michelle and everyone like so bizarre but like I was just excited more than anything I think some nerves are great but you've got to be excited because then it just overwhelms you and you just can't enjoy yourself Mm. And I can safely say I enjoyed every single episode that I was on. Mm-hmm. Granted, every episode I went, this is the week I'm going to have a breakdown to Blue. But, <laughs> but that actually came across. Did. You did actually look like you were enjoying all of it. You know, it didn't even look like the stress got to you. Even when I left, I was joking. I was laughing. I was like, bye. <laughs> Enjoy your badges. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some insider tea. So, like, there is a curtain that goes around the main stage. And, like, once I walked off the stage, I was walking, 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 walking around. And uh, just as I got to the, the uh, <laughs> bit by the curtain where I knew the judges were, I was like, bye, you slags. <laughs> <laughs> then you just hear everybody cackling because they're waiting for me to leave to go congratulations ladies and i'm just like bye thanks see you later i remember what i was going to say i was going to say if you had to be turfed off home after four episodes for seven months what would you have worked on like the queens in season two have i'm sorry these season two girls had it well i can't say they had it easy 
because <laughs> we had a panic dem. But, um, <laughs> yeah. God, if I had time to improve for episode five, six, seven, eight, in the words of Steps, I would have been like, well, let's shush up these looks. Let's make sure I'm prepared for anything that's going to be thrown at me. Like, I wasn't going to come back with a new face because that's that's not the way I roll. Like, I'm happy with my face. And I'm not knocking anybody that gets work done because, girl, I would, I, if I wanted something done, I'd get it done. But I, I don't want cheeks out to here. Like, <laughs> I'm all good. But I have to say, Miss Bimini's new face is fierce. Oh, yeah. Fierce. Do you know what? They, they had time to really just go, right. They said this about me. What can I do to level up in the words of Sierra? And honestly, uh, all of them did in aspects. <laughs> <laughs> we just haven't Miss, seen Miss tears. Chia. <laughs> yeah. Miss Chia knows where she's at. Yeah, she knows she the lane she's in. <laughs> she has a big bag of amazing drag. She just hasn't opened yet. She lost luck for it. That's what it is. I'm fully, fully convinced. <laughs> she said it last time. She's saying it this time. She's going to bring it. She's going to yeah. bring No, I... <laughs> Before anybody thinks I'm bashing Tia, no, I'm not. I love her deeply. She's an absolute diva, and I think she is hysterical. Oh, completely. She is. She's one of my favorite on this. The thing is, the problem with this season is that you are right about the US one, and that it's kind of a bit samey, and it like it takes a while for them to whittle down people until you start getting to know them, and then you get invested in care. Like right out the gate, first episode, I was like, I like all of these queens, and I would, I, I yeah, but I. And I and not just because we're recording with you, but I do think it was the same with season one of, of, of Drag Race UK as well. It was like every, I relate to every single person on this cast, and mm. I, I'm enjoy, and they're all bringing something different, which is just I don't know. It's just something that maybe was missing a little tiny bit from the US one in the last one, because actually it was the same in Canada as well. I mm. think. So I said, what is what's coming up next for you now? Like, what are your plans for once we can get back on the road and once we can properly try, you can properly get out and start performing again. You know what? I'm one of these people like you can't keep me down. Like I, we all go through ups and downs, but I am just so ready and so prepared to get back on a stage and show people yeah. what I do. Like people's people's approaches to drag are differently. Some people like to sit there and do their makeup for three hours. Some people love to craft looks. My heart lives on a stage. Yeah. And any way, shape, or form, I'm gonna do it. Whether it's to my little green dot on my laptop, whether it's on a stage to 5,000 people, or if it's a room for 10. Yeah. I've done it, and I will continue to do it, because yeah. it's my passion, it's my love, and I've been deeply missing it, but obviously we've got to play by the rules, yeah. and we've got to be safe, and yeah. anybody not playing by the rules, sort your shit out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got I've got exciting things coming up. I've got, I've got the return of Girl Group Gossip coming back to your ears. Woo! I'm very excited for because potties are just the way forward. They are. At the moment, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that just because we're on a podcast right now, but, <laughs> but, but I just love listening to a potty. It's just like, especially when I used to, when I used to drive to my gigs uh, before drag race, I used to drive like an hour to Cambridge, an hour mm. into London. And if I'm sat there on my own, I just, get myself pumped up driving there with music but on the way back i stick on a potty at two o'clock in the morning and then <laughs> yeah. i feel like i had company in the car mm. with me and before i, I do exactly. it exactly yeah i'll be pulling up <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> 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 
when you do get back to perform, where will that first perform? Where will that first um, track be coming from? Will it be coming from Chromatica or Dua Lipa's uh, album, the ones that didn't get their proper airing, club airing? Well, I've got a Chromatica mix that I had made during the summer for all my Ooh. summer gigs. And then I think I performed it like three times. So I'm like, I don't care if there's a new bitch on the block with a new album. Chromatica <laughs> is here to stay. I feel like I feel like Dula Peeps had her moment because she's been performed twice on two seasons of Drag Race. Yeah, uh, yeah, she... <laughs> I should have stayed at home. Yes, you should have stayed at home, darling, instead of going on holiday. <laughs> I, that, that's one thing I would like to give some feedback to the people who picked the lip sync songs for um, for Dragons UK about the fact that there wasn't a Eurovision song picked for the Eurovision episode. We needed some Lorene. Scooch! Scooch! <laughs> Flying the flag! <laughs> Jedward! Lipstick! <laughs> Classics! They needed I mean. It needed to be a UK lip sync song. Yeah. I, yeah. I, we, like, we, were, we were saying Gina, Gina G. G. Oh, uh, just a little bit. Yeah, 100%. I would have loved Fuego. Oh, that, yeah. was, that, that was my favorite. I know Toy was a, a bop because she won. Yeah. But Fuego, Fuego was my song. I performed that during the summer because I was like, you know when you're just like, I'm doing the same shit. Like, not not that that's a bad thing, but you just, as a performer, you get stuck in a rut of like the same stuff that you love to perform. And I was just going through my spotty and my iTunes, and I went, I'm going to perform this tonight. And I love doing that on like yeah. random shows and going, I'm going to throw this song into the mix because there's there's a girl called Megan who we nickname her Pom Pom Megan. She comes to every single one of my shows. She got she wears little pom poms. She comes to every single one of my shows. She's an absolute diva. She's not a crazy fan. She's a, she, she's a diva in my heart. Shout out to Megan and, if she listens to this. If you're honest, you never know. She'll, oh, be, she, she'll be listening. And, um, <laughs> Welcome along, and Megan. Honestly, she walking out on stage and doing a new number, seeing her face is just hysterical because she goes. Oh my god! I was expecting the chromatica mix or the gaga mix or the, the tall mix, <laughs> and then and then uh, I walk out and I do like heart to break Kim Petrus, and she goes, "What the hell is happening?" I'm like, "Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker! Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker!" At the moment on our Instagram stories, James and I are trying to pitch songs that we think deserve their time in a lip sync spotlight. Um, so first I'll ask you who you choose out of our two choices and then I'm going to ask you for the song you think deserves its time in a lip sync spotlight. James has chosen Gwen Stefani's What You Waiting For. I've oh. chosen Shakira's She-Wolf. Which one would you choose? Why did you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> both, both are great, but I think I'm going to have to go for, because I'm a high energy diva. I like a song that builds and builds and builds. It starts like at 98, but then it finishes Gets on 120. <laughs> okay. So so it's Gwen Stefani for me. Yes. <laughs> but, but She Wolf, it, what a great choice because that's on my radar, but I wouldn't have picked it. Oh, that's I great. Just, it's just the, the music video when she's in the cave and you have all, like the body popping you could do. I just think, yeah, it'd be perfect. Where she looks <laughs> like she's in the arsehole. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> She's in an anal cavity. That's what she looks like she's in. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch this video. So if you were to choose one song, let's say Rue handed over the, the aux cable to you and you get to choose one song that gets its time in the lip sync stage, what would you choose? Oh, right. I'm going to live with you. I have a list. <laughs> Doesn't every Drag Race fan? I literally have a list. 
get sexy by the sugar babe. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> right, I've got two Alexandra Burke ones. Broken Heels and oh, Bad Boys. Yes, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, oh, you're not so you? <laughs> Broken Heels more so. I love Start Without You, but that like people don't seem to like that one as much. Oh, here I go. Yeah. Dripped up away. See, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that yeah. one. Level with me. Murder on the dance floor. So yeah, was, that was close. Um, that was close to my list. Yeah. I, I feel like that has to be a, a UK lip sync soon. After it her criminal be. exit from the mass singer, she deserves justice. But like, the thing is, is like, how much further was she have gone until it was too obvious? Her voice like, is very distinctive. I am very good at the mass singer. But so is Gabrielle. Yeah, but so Phyllis Bexter, you could hear that voice warble like anywhere. Mm-hmm. Same with Mel B. The minute, the minute they said, no, I was like, I got it. I'm, be- <laughs> I'm very good at the mass Singer. I'm very good. Like, if anybody wants to know who it is from the get go, just ask me because I'm like a hawk. I'm it. not great at it. I spend my time being like, man or woman, white or black. I can't decide. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not er, early days there was rumors that 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 sausage was bag of chips like very 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 early days then- I remember and I just went I will know the minute they open their mouth the minute <laughs> even in the VTs when they're talking even with a distorted voice I would have gone bagger <laughs> yeah. do you remember do you remember on All Stars 3 when Rue was like to Kennedy Davenport with great power comes great responsibility and she just goes milk milk (laughs) (laughs) it would have been the VT of that it would have been the VT of the sausage and it would have gone I'm feeling and I would have gone bagger (laughs) (laughs) just take the mask off now it's bagger (laughs) but it's like the season one the minute Nicola Roberts opened her mouth I went Nicola it's Nicola how how, how could you not what no Go I, back and watch it. Okay. I watched. The I know who everyone is now. Oh, but it's still enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch the clips on the YouTube. Yeah, I can watch. <laughs> Nic- I watch Nicholas sing. Yeah, actually, oh, brilliant. I wanted to put in uh, "Beat of My Drum," the Nicola Roberts song, because I think that is an underrated oh. classic. That whole album, Cinderella Eyes, is mm. underrated. Like it's classic. Every every song is good. You're spinning me up. You're spinning <laughs> me down. I feel like a yo. Oh, oh. Like, come on! Yeah, it was critically acclaimed. It was, yeah. The critics loved it. Yeah. Do you know who who deserved better for their solos ventures? Nadine. Oh, Nadine! Like, fuck, fuck Nadine's management for doing an exclusivity deal with for Tesco. Yeah. <laughs> what fucking crack pipe were they smoking <laughs> to go? Oh yeah, the only place we're gonna let this album sell is fucking Tesco's. Not even on iTunes. What are you talking about? Yeah, Why are you dead not on Spotify? Well, honestly, insatiable. At, there's so many songs on that album. Like, go back, listen. Like, Running was a bop. Insatiable was a bop. Oh, my God. Actually, you know when Nadine came back with her comeback for Go To oh, Work? Go to work and yeah. she did the EP. She covered September song. And I love that so much more than the oh. original. Listen to it. The it's JP Cooper or something like that one. Something like that. I don't yeah. care. I <laughs> yeah. Just an Nadine version. <laughs> Dead of Fresh 15 for the 16th. Another one who's a, 
she's another one who's a self-deprecating diva as well. Like if you see her being interviewed or she, there's a program here called Living with Lucy where kind of just a, 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 just a, a an Irish TV presenter goes and spends time with sort of well-known Irish celebrities. And there was one mm. with Nadine and she is so self-deprecating and just does not take herself seriously at all and loves the gays. It's, you know, she's terrific. You know, I did a gig with Nadine. When? Before I left for Drag Race, we did, we, she did the Clapham Grand in London. She was like the headline and they booked my group Gals Allowed. So she came out, but the, the the worst thing was she did our entire set. So she did sexy, <laughs> no, no, no. She did sound of the underground in the order we did our set, and no. I was like, we stood on the balcony, like, what the hell was going on? But we went up to the dressing room to see her, and it was like, there's a gif of me, not a gif, a boomerang of me, and I was just starstruck. I was like, like listening to her speak because I was like, Marnie, have you seen my passport? Get a bro fucking to the six eighty five and come meet the Gemini. What's the process? And that's all I could hear when I was watching her. But she was she loved seeing us bring the spirit of girls aloud live. And like in the middle of her show, she does a whole section devoted like she did Rolling Back the Rivers, which was an album track from Out of Control. And I saw I saw the whole room go this song and I'm like rolling back the rivers in town <laughs> on the balcony <laughs> and I was like girl I can't believe you did rolling back the rivers she was like I know it's one of my favorite songs off the album <laughs> were, were you much of a Samantha Mumba fan oh I love Samantha Mumba and I'm so glad she's like coming back like she's mm. doing like sync the pink and stuff over here yeah. and uh honestly bop after bop mm. yeah I, I love her she was another one who suffered from like weird, like weird management ideas. Cause she, they, they, her like third single, they used that body to body. They used it for like an, and like a wear a seatbelt ad over here. And it was like soundtracked this like teenager, like flying out. About it, about it. Yeah. <laughs> wear your seatbelt. <laughs> and like, that's all she was associated with for, uh, that was all she was associated with. And after years after it was just Lisa. like, but it's just, it, that was such a weird time in pop where people who were so, like, had such a big career were just dropped overnight. Like, Samantha Mumba, Bewitched, I know they're just two Irish examples I can think of. <laughs> but it's true, like, they were both, had, like, massive string of hits. And then they were like, nah, see ya. Yeah, you're done now. It's, it's such a shame, because mm. even now when my daily mix comes through and it was like, don't want to turn you with you, don't need me to. I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Bring me back. Take yeah. me back. <laughs> well, it's been great chatting. I feel we could chat about these divas all day. <laughs> yes, we could. We'll do another episode. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Cheryl talks to divas. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, Cheryl was so lovely to talk to. We actually could have stayed there talking about pop music all day. Oh, completely. Yeah. No, it was lovely. And I know, like, you know, we got we got into the slabs and the farm bit and then kind of the conversation meandered and we thought we were just going to talk about Drag Race UK a little bit and we ended up getting, like, 
just such an open mm. person with so many opinions and this is the thing that i learned I, i'm learning more and more and more about drag queens is that they have such an encyclopedic knowledge yeah. of pop culture like you just get you just get the feeling that like she could name you like any album track off any stacy rico <laughs> album that you might even ask her to perform at the drop of a hat like you just get the notion that that's yeah. the sort of absolutely that's the sort of and i thought is. it was actually really interesting to hear her speak about the real more important issues at the heart of the community and how we can forget that we see these you know clowns and in inverted commas on tv and forget that they're fighting for a lot more yeah no absolutely and i think nice to see that side of her because she is like very much like a campy kind of you know big smile big laugh kind of do that and maybe you don't think of her as one of the like kind of the the drag race queens that are out there kind of doing their community bit but like obviously very passionate about it and doing great work because as we saw with slebs on the farm she was educating i was gonna say educating the children they're not really children educating the grandparents educating the influencers <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks again for listening and supporting us on uh, Sissy That Pod on this premium stream. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we'll have more content for you very soon. Actually, we have our sixth episode of Vegas Review out next week for you to enjoy. Okay, well, until then, talk to you soon. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.